Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have taken a short break from our Bible series in Genesis for this 14-part series on New Testament given. We will return back to our Bible series in Genesis after this current series. Thank you. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 11. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. Jump down to verse 17. And thou say in thy heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy father as it is this day. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Even though we have titled this mini-series New Testament Given, one of the things you will have noticed in the process is that we are actually talking about the kingdom of God and the kingdom economics. That's actually what we are talking about. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is a nation and they are citizens in that kingdom. We are citizens of God's kingdom. That kingdom has its own rules and regulation. It has its own culture, okay? And that kingdom has its own economics. So even though we are talking about New Testament given, we are actually talking about God's kingdom. We are talking about the operation of God's kingdom. We are talking about the economics of God's kingdom. Last episode, we established that the operation of this kingdom, that the operation of the kingdom of God, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, has always been capital intensive. And our days are no exception. We need to understand that there's no shying away from it. The operation of God's kingdom needs finances. Okay? And we must not be ashamed to say it. You cannot run a nation without resources. Okay? Now, the operation of God's kingdom needs more than money. Yes, but it doesn't need less than money. We need human resources. We need spiritual resources. And all these resources, you see, we are the ones that separate these resources. When you look into the scripture, God doesn't separate these things. Okay? Money is spiritual. It is physical, but it is spiritual. Finances is spiritual. Okay? God, in, in, the, in the operation of God... In the operation of God's kingdom, all these things are one, okay? And it is important for us to, to realize this. In fact, when I, when I read the scripture, I realize that in the New Testament, evangelism and ministering to the poor, they are all lumped into one. It is in our days that we separate them. And people can have, you know, a, a certain gospel where we just try to meet the need of people, okay? What we call social gospel, and then not present the gospel to them. Now, it's not like that in the scripture. Everything is one. Where you are feeding the poor, you are preaching the gospel. In fact, feeding the poor is part of preaching the gospel. And part of preaching the gospel is feeding the poor. And we looked at the example of Abraham. We looked at the Levitical priesthood. And in the first episode, and we pointed to it in the second episode, we look at the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we also look at the early church. And when you look and examine and investigate 
the kingdom of God in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and looking at these examples, you will see that the kingdom of God has always been capital intensive. But the corollary to that is that God has always blessed his people so that his people can finance his kingdom. But there is something we also encounter <laughs> as we look into God's kingdom, the history of the operation of God's kingdom. There's another thing that we notice, and this one is a negative factor. Not, no, it's not God's fault. <laughs> it's our fault. It's a negative factor. It's a negative um, observation. Let me put it that way. It's a negative observation. And this is the observation that down the age, there has always been leaders and people that try to abuse God's kingdom economic system and use it for their own advantage to satisfy their own greed, to satisfy their own selfishness. Down the age, you will notice that there, are, there have always been leaders and people that have tried to play the system that has tried to play the system that God has put in place, play to their own selfish advantage. So it is important for us to say that because remember what we said, particularly in the first episode, that a lot of people are reacting, and oftentimes rightly so, to what they consider to be excesses, what they consider to be greed, what they consider to be really fraud you know, so-called minister, so-called, you know, prosperity ministry that is really all about great, so-called prophets, so-called apostles, that actually is all about greed, is all about lining their own pocket. And a lot of people react to that. But what I want you to note is that this is not new. Okay, simple. Now, we are not justifying it, but we need to understand that this is not new. It has always been and it will always be, there will always be people that want to play the system, that want to take advantage of the economic system that God has put in place so that they can enrich their own pocket. An illustration of such self-centered, greedy shepherds that abuse and take advantage of the sheep, such illustrations are bound in the scripture. There are so many in the scripture. The Bible called them shepherds. The Bible called them leaders of my people. Example of such people that feed themselves rather than feed the flock abounds in the scripture. But we'll take one example from the Old Testament. We can go to the New Testament also. You know, when Paul was preparing to, to depart, he called the leaders in Ephesus. When you read Acts chapter 20, say, look, I know after me, ravenous wolf will come, seeking to get, you know, people, disciples after themselves. I know. I know there are people that are building their own kingdom, not the kingdom of God. I know there are people that, that are following their own vision, their own egotistic vision and not the vision of God. I know that. But what I'm saying is that it is not new. The reason I'm saying this is for us to see how God dealt with such people. And this is the way we must also deal with those people. Because oftentimes, the reaction of people to this group of people 
in, in themselves has created other problems because we have not reacted in biblical way. And while we are trying to correct a wrong, we have also caused a lot of problem. And that is the issue. So let us read one example, just one example from the Old Testament. I'm going to read Ezekiel chapter 34. So I'm going to read from verses 1 to 6. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. You see, here is God. God, God himself is asking the prophet to prophesy against who? Shepherds of Israel. These are people that God has put in place to lead his people, to protect them, to shepherd them, to feed them, to lead them. But what's the problem? Son of man prophesy against, it's a prophecy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherd of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherd feed the flocks? Yea, you eat the fat, and you clothe you with wool. You kill them that are fed, but you feed not the flock. The disease have you not strengthened. Neither have you healed that which is sick. Neither have you bound up that which was broken. Neither have you brought again that which was driven away. Neither have you sought that which was lost. But with force and with cruelty of that rule. I mean, listen to me. I still have a couple of verses to read. This could not have been any more relevant if it was written today. I mean, every single thing that is, is written here is what we face today. Leader so-called, minister so-called, man of God, woman of God so-called, that it's not about the flock, really, it's about them. He said they've not strengthened the disease, they've not fed the flock, they've not healed the sick, even a whole lot of the healing that are advertised are fake. Now, don't misunderstand me, I believe in healing, and they are still genuine healing. But a whole lot of this testimony and all of them have been proven to be fake. It's all about us. He said they've not bound up that which was broken. They've not brought again that which was driven away. They've not sought that which was lost. But with force and cruelty have you ruled. And sometimes I marvel at the cruelty of some of these people. But what we are saying is that it's not new. <laughs> this is Ezekiel. Ezekiel could have written this today. That's my point. Let's, let's move on. Let's read verse 5. Let's read verse 5. Because, <laughs> verse 5, verse 5. And they were scattered, the flock was scattered, because there was no shepherd. And they became meat to all the beasts of the field. When they were scattered, my sheep, my sheep, my sheep. <laughs> These are God's people. These are God's sheep. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did such or seek after them. I mean, I can sit here and talk about the evil and the wickedness of these so-called shepherds, these hirelings, the Bible called them in John chapter 10. They are hirelings. Very loud, very bogus, very proud. These people, they advertise themselves. It's, it's about them. Yes, they, they slap the name of the Lord, but it's about them. That's what Ezekiel is saying. Okay? <laughs> the point is, this is not new. That's my point. I mean, you can read the whole of 
Ezekiel chapter 34. Also, read Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 1 to 6. So, there was a big problem, even in those days. The same problem we have today. <laughs> the problem of selfishness, the problem of greed, the problem of selfish, greedy shepherd. The question is, what was God's solution to this problem? That, now, this is why I have brought you here. How did God react to this evil, wicked, greedy, selfish shepherd? We are going to read verses 23 to 24 and see how God reacts. And one of the things you will see is that God did not dismantle the structure he has put in place because of these people. Yes, these people are trying to gain the system. They are trying to take advantage of the system. God did not dismantle the economic structure that he has put in place, the administrative structure that he has put in place. God did not dismantle them, that structure, just because of the evil of some people. You remember that parable of the man that sowed a good seed and the evil people go and sow bad seed and his servant came and said, didn't you sow good seed? Where did this wheat come from? Should we go and pull them? He said, leave them alone. Let them all grow together. But there's going to come a judgment. He said, at the harvest, my angel will deal with them. God did not dismantle the structure. Not in the Old Testament, not in the New Testament because of this. You see, the problem oftentimes is that Oftentimes, a lot of our theology are reactive. But the thing is that we cannot live our Christianity just by being reactive. We have to be proactive. It's all about, you know, digging our roots deep, building foundation, and then we can correct. And then we can rebuke. And this is very, very important. God did not dismantle. I know I'm repeating it, but it is important. What God did is God held those, those leaders, those shepherds. God held them accountable. God said, who are you? God held them accountable. God judged the corrupt leaders. Now, some of those judgments may be visible to us. Some of those judgments may not be visible to us. Some of those judgments may be now. Some of those judgments will be in the future. But everybody and anybody that wished, that take advantage of God's flock, that take advantage of the system that God has put in place, they will not get away with it. God himself will judge them. God said, vengeance is my seed, the Lord. I will judge them. So God himself held them accountable and judged corrupt leaders. And then God set up holy and righteous shepherd over his flock. Let me say what I've said again. Please don't lump every shepherd together. Please. Please. Yes, they are corrupt shepherds, but they are equally holy, honest, godly, God-fearing shepherds and leaders that are trying their best to do this work. And many of them are suffering because they've been tainted by the evil of this wicked shepherd. Many ministries are suffering today because they have been tainted because of this evil shepherd. Let's continue to read Ezekiel chapter 34, but we we'll read verses 23 and 24. God said, And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. Even my servant David, he shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, will 
have spoken it. Now, this is God's answer to the problem of these selfish, corrupt leaders. God is not going to tear down and dismantle his kingdom and the structure is put in place because of these people. But God said, I will judge them. I will expose them. I will deal with them. But I will set up righteous, godly, God-fearing leaders to feed my flock, to lead them, using David as an example. Now, if you read all the way through that Ezekiel chapter 34, you know, and read down verses 17 to 19, in particular 22, you will notice that the sheep also have their own responsibility and duty as a sheep. This is very, very important. We've talked about the excesses of the shepherd, but we also talk about good shepherd. But they are also bad sheep, and they are also good sheep. This is very, very important. Remember, please, remember, please, that when the shepherd keeps the sheep, the sheep also have their own duty. Okay? The sheep are not supposed to be fed and just be there. They have their own duty. Their wools and the milk they produce and all those things are for the good of the population. So it's not about the sheep just being fed and being fed up. They have their role to play. And one of their role is to support the ministry. Okay? The company, as it were, that is feeding them, they are supposed to also provide for that company. Okay? The sheep have their own responsibility. And listen to me. You cannot use the irresponsibility of certain shepherd to justify your own irresponsibility as a sheep. The God that judge the irresponsibility of the shepherd will also judge your own irresponsibility. So when you read down that Ezekiel, you will see that. The Lord God did not dismantle the structure, but rather repair it by setting up a holy, righteous shepherd over his people. So, so, so that the sheep can go on and fulfill their own responsibility as a sheep. Because listen to me, just the same way that we have shepherds that are taking advantage of sheep, we also have sheep that are taking advantage of the shepherd. Just like we have shepherds that are playing and gaming the system, we also have sheep that are gaming the system. And God will equally judge both sides. Now, that was in the Old Testament. By the time of our Lord Jesus Christ, <laughs> the villain were the Sadducees. They were the perpetrators. They were the ones that were gaining the system. Let's read that in Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. Remember what I'm saying? These people, it's always been there. Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 to 14. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the table of the money changers and the seat of them that sold those and said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer. What has happened? But you have made it den of thieves. Then verse 14. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple. And he healed them. You know, a whole lot of what goes for ministry, particularly in the charismatic all over the world, they are just den of thieves. But we must never throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's, there's a baby. They are righteous, godly, God-fearing men and women that are doing great job out there in God's kingdom. The Bible says here, the Lord Jesus dealt with the thieves. I mean, in our 
episode, we, we talk about the, the Sadducees, how they came to be. They, they were the ones that, that were leading in the temple. They've turned the house of God into a business center, a money-making venture. The Lord Jesus Christ didn't pull down the structure. He exposed the evil leaders. He drove them away, toppled over their, their shop. And the Bible says, in that same temple, the blind came to be healed. When you go to the book of Acts, and when you read the letter of Paul, you will see that over and over again, there is illustration of people who want to gain the system for their own selfish end. Is there Ananias and Sapphira? You remember that um, by Jesus? And you can go on and on. When you, when you read the letter of Paul, he even name names of people that want to gain the system. My point, my point is this. This is my point. My point is that false self-centered shepherds have always existed, both in the history of Israel and equally in the history of the church. Indeed, there are such many greedy shepherds in the church today. Okay? But there's a way God dealt with them, and that is the way God wants us to deal with them today. So we have gone from the Old Testament to the New Testament. We are look at the operation of the kingdom of God under this different dispensation. We have seen that the operation of God's kingdom of, on earth down the age has been capital intensive, even when the kingdom of God is being run by godly, righteous, holy people. Number two, that God has put an economic system in place to support the work of his kingdom. Number three, that there's always been selfish leaders that want to take advantage of that system. But number four, that God's answer is not to dismantle his kingdom economy structure, but rather to repair it. And we too must do the same. Praise the Lord. We too must do the same. If you find yourself in a system that is corrupt and the Lord has given you the grace and the position to change it, then be a soul, be a light in that place. If that is not working and there's need for you to move on, then move on. There are so many godly ministries that you can be part of, that you can support, that you can sit down under and be blessed and be a blessing. Praise the Lord. And that, that is the pattern. That's the pattern. So I'm going to stop there today by the grace of God. Amen. That's the pattern. Okay? And we, we almost received this, okay, Look, the Bible says we are the salt, we are the light. Yes, maybe there are issues in the ministry, in the church that you are part of. If you are in the leadership, it is your duty to shine into that place. But sometimes there may be need for you to move away from such a ministry. Pray for them. Don't cause unnecessary enemy. Say the truth. Say it in love. And if God give them a heart of repentance, you have saved soul. But if not, move on. Move on to somewhere else where the fear of God is, where the presence of God is, where you can serve, where you can support what God is doing in that ministry and in that nation. And if you are listening to me tonight, I want you to know that God loves you. And that is why the Lord Jesus came to die for you. And listen, everything that is going on in the world today, the Bible already prophesied the, the upheaval. This world is rushing towards the unveiling of a man that the Bible called the Antichrist. That is where this world is going. And then the Bible says 
there's going to be a seven-year period of tribula great tribulation, the Bible calls it. And after that, the Lord is going to come and judge this whole system and set up his kingdom physically, the millennial reign of Christ. And then after that, he will wipe everything off, create a new heaven and a new earth. And it is only those people that have allowed him to save them that will be a member of that kingdom. And you can be a member. Admit that you're a sinner. You cannot save yourself. Go to him. Ask him to save you. He will save you. All I've seen, falling short of the glory of God. But the grace of God has been made available through the Lord Jesus Christ. He will save you. And then he will be your Lord and God. He will work with you. You'll be able to fulfill his purpose on earth. And that is to be blessed and be a blessing. And when this is all over, you can spend eternity with him in the new heaven and the new earth. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.